We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Boom and boom. All right. Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Monday morning, the last Monday morning show in a bit. Uh, Scott, how you doing, man? I know that we were talking this morning, a little tired this morning, getting up and at it. I'm, I think we're ready for the uh, going down to two days a week. Hopefully the chat is okay with that as well. But uh, what's what's new? What's How is uh, kids sports this weekend? Busy. Uh, have I mentioned to you how insane softball is? I women's girl sports is sometimes pretty it's damn insane. insane and competitive. I mean, it's, the, the boys aren't tough enough to play softball. I mean, they'll play eight games in a day. They, you know, well, my daughter plays 12 U she's 11 and they asked her to play up because they needed some players. Well, you know what up is after 12 U what 18 U. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so Hayden played at an 18 U playoff tournament. And frankly, the first game she was player of the game. She was two for two with a double, couple runs scored, an RBI, and then threw two batters out at third base from catcher. Wow. So um, awesome. <laughs> she was uh it was interesting. And then uh and then Sean had some uh some baseball this weekend too. A couple of games yesterday. Played okay, not not great, but he got on the mound for the first time in a long time and looked great. So his he played. He, we go to an instructor, and his instructor, I I ran into him Friday night when Hayden was playing. I say, hey, if you need somebody. He goes, well, we're full now. I said, well, roster him anyway. You never know. So he texts me Saturday night. He says, I lost a kid. Can you all be here? I'm like, yeah. He says, can he pitch? I'm like, well, you've coached him. Throw him out there. He'll pitch for you. And he looked great because he, he doesn't like he doesn't like it because he's not just immediately good at it. Like as tall as you are, 5'10", built like a swimmer, long lean coming down the coming down the mound. He looked good. Uh, Kevin, I see him. Um, I see Nick on the screen. Enough talk about my family. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, I'm here hanging out. Um, yeah, well, that's good to hear, man. That's awesome to hear Hayden uh, played so well with the uh, other people at the 18U uh, team. I've just been doing housework and chores all week because we have a guest coming. And next couple weeks are going to be a blast. Uh, backpacking in Olympic for a few days and then going down to Oregon, hanging out at the Gorge and then going to Cannon Beach, which is where, is where the, uh, the Goonies was shot and supposed to be one of the coolest beaches in the world. And we're going to be there during the second lowest tide of the entire year and they have puffins on the top of this uh rock yeah so i'm gonna get up close really cool apparently they typically live on these sea cliffs and uh um haystack or stack rocks out way far in the ocean uh but this one is a rarity where it's so close to the actual beach uh, that you can actually get up to this rock so we get to go out and see 
puffins, which is going to be really cool. It always makes me think of a elf, you know, bye buddy. <laughs> bye Arctic puffin. So, but uh, goodbye or hello uh, to Miguel coming in here with uh, the Facebook support. Thank you so much, Miguel over on the Facebook side of things. If you guys want to be like Miguel uh, and support us on the show, make sure you drop a super chat or a super, super sticker, super support like uh, Michael Ronquillo, who's definitely, a super supporter, superstar for us over on Facebook. He says, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Buck you too, Michael. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope things are doing well down there in sunny Tucson, Arizona. I think the, I'm such a Midwestern. Maybe it's just a kind of a approaching middle age, you know, dad ish energy that I have, but uh, talking about the weather, it's going to be an El Nino uh, this year. So I think Michael's going to get a little bit of wetness down there with the monsoon. Uh, but uh, Albert Knopper is coming in. Hello again. Good to see you, Albert. And uh, shout out to Albert with the uh, Scott month. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to say, I want to say, Albert. Um, Albert had been working on this for me and sent it to me over the weekend. Albert does some cool stuff with mailboxes, so thank you very much, Albert. Um, this is on this side, and then because he knows I do Atlanta stuff on this side. So if we're ever wondering if you're watching my channel, you're not sure what show you're on. Or I'm not. Hey, Scott, make sure you flip the uh, flip the script on here. So this was very cool, Albert. Thank you so much for sending this to me. Yeah, that is really cool. Shout out to that. Uh, I'm loving that. I'm a little jealous, Albert, but it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> but the Falcon stuff is uh, sick as well. So, yeah, really shout out to make sure you guys are checking out Albert Knopper's work there. I want to say hello to Jesse Hillborn coming in saying hello, everyone. We got Jeremy Sean coming in saying happy morning, boys. Only question is how well Russell Wilson will. Uh, Peyton and Russell Wilson will work together. The season starts and ends there. The season does start there. I don't know if it ends there, uh, so to speak. Now, it's the only question that really matters. I agree with that. But a lot of the moves this the Broncos made this season were trying to make this as independent of an offense as possible from the quarterback situation. We just spent an entire show um, on the Falcons talking about how Ritter is ranked 40th in Chris Sims' list and how the offense doesn't need him to do much with the infrastructure they have in place. Broncos are a ways off from what the Falcons have built around uh, Ritter, but they are really trying to emphasize the running game this year and de-emphasizing just how much you are dependent on Russell Wilson being an elite drop-back quarterback. So I, I think that is the biggest question by far, but I don't think the season begins and ends there because they're trying to build an offense that isn't completely dependent on Russell Wilson being a elite quarterback. I think that's smart no matter I, – I think that should be the goal no matter where you are. You know, I mean, it's nice to say that, okay, I've got Patrick Mahomes and, and you know, Andy Reid builds his system and then Patrick Mahomes is able to work outside that system when things break down. That's what makes him so special. You know, plus he can make, he's, I mean, he's, he's really good. But if, if you took an average quarterback and put him in Andy Reid's system, I would expect him to flourish, you know? So it's, it yeah. is system. It is coaching. It is, is putting players around you. Now we're also talking about the Kansas city chiefs versus a couple of teams and haven't made the playoffs in a combined 10 years. Mm -hmm. So being able to build that around you. And once you start getting a winning mentality, it's easier to attract free agents. Yeah. That was one of the things is the, the Broncos did a good job in free agency, but they, they overpaid a little bit. They had to spend a little bit to do that, uh, which we said, you know, Hey, at the end of the day, money's money's going to talk with free agency and you might have to overspend in a few spots, left guard, right tackle but it's worth it if you fix those problems. Yep. And a little bit more certainty there than the draft pick, obviously, because we have guys with sample size in the NFL, but right. still risk. Um, there's no sure thing and injuries happen. So we'll see how it plays out for the Broncos heavy expenditures this off season, uh, but it will be fun to watch without a doubt. And good to see you, Jeremy. Hope you're doing well. K 
Kevin Gray coming in saying, morning, boys, um, Broncos country, Nick and Scott. How was your weekend? It was good. It was busy, but that's okay. Uh, temperature dropped a lot, so it's nice and chilly in here now. I'm, I should have put on uh, my moccasins and like a sweatshirt or something, but uh, I'm okay. Ethan coming in saying, good morning, gents, and Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Jamal Killings in the house. Good morning, Broncos country. Cristiano, we said uh, switching over with the hosts. Good morning, Broncos country. Thanks, good Cristiano. to see you. Yeah, and same with uh, Roger Cook coming and saying good appetizer. Didn't get enough, so delighted to join you on the other side. Well, we appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Richard Miles saying good morning, fellas. Good to see you. Hope all is well. Hope all is well. The Bronco fans. Yeah, hope everyone is doing well out there. Greg Smith, good to see you. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Awesome to see you. JD, good morning, Bronco fam. Awesome to see you. And uh, Colin Wood said, is there such a thing as a backpacking violin? I think I've heard of people on the Appalachian Trail, like bringing like legitimate like guitars with them and they go pretty slowly. Uh, but I think you could take, you know, that's a little fiddle music out in the backcountry. I don't think people would really appreciate that trying to go over to bed. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You got a nice mouth. Like, oh, <laughs> you got uh, a uh, mouth. So yeah, getting into the, <laughs> what a transition here we'll do. Getting into the topic here, uh, ESPN's. Dan Graziano on ESPN Plus, which is a lot of the ESPN stuff these days, but we won't get too much into that, uh, says the Broncos' key question this season is, can Sean Payton save Russell Wilson? And he says these two have been talking about working together for a few years now, and in 2023, they'll finally get their chance. But after the way Wilson played in his first season in Denver, you could forgive Payton for wondering what he has gotten himself into. Things should be better organized around the Broncos this year than they were under Nathaniel Hackett, but the knock on Wilson has been that he struggles to play within the structure of an offense. Peyton's offense provides plenty of structure, and if Wilson struggles the way it did in 2022, the Broncos are going to be looking for an exit strategy to get out of that big contract extension they gave Wilson last summer. Exactly stuff we've talked about on here. Nothing is reinventing the wheel on this one. Sean Payton, if he can salvage Russell Wilson, but with how much... The thing I walk away with here is like, what level of play do you have to get get from Russell Wilson for him to be salvaged on this team? I mean, are you stuck with him for another season because the contract? I know that there's a big chunk of change that becomes guaranteed on the fifth league day next year, so you have to kind of make a decision 
before that, but it really doesn't seem like Sean Payton, you know, was infatuated, excited to work about work with him at all, that you might need to see a pretty dramatic turnaround that I'm not sure is even in there uh, to have these guys be working together and think about them, you know, competing for the next, you know, four plus years, let alone just one season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause the thing is, you know, everybody says, well, just restructure Russ. Well, it's not that easy just because you hear that all the time, you know, guys restructuring to create salary cap space doesn't mean it's just an automatic. There's, there's certain qualifications you need to have where that becomes beneficial. And one of them needs to be a high salary cap hit. Russell Wilson does not have a high salary cap hit this year. It's only like 22 million next year. It escalates. Now, you asked a good question, and it's a question we'll be asking all season. What is How does Russell Wilson have to play in order for him to be back in 2024 or to say, listen, I'd be better off eating a dead cap hit in 2024 and and rebooting, uh, you, know, re- you know, starting the rebuild that season. Tear it all down and start rebuilding in 2024. There's lots of contracts I can do that with Russell Wilson. Um, I'd have to take a hit on that one. But uh, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. Randy Gregory, three off the top of my head. Justin Simmons, I think he should be okay. Garrett, Garrett Bowles, Bowles. Yeah. all guys who's maybe the Falcons or the, the Falcons, the Broncos start having a lot more flexibility with contracts after this season in order to absorb a dead cap hit with Russell Wilson. So I think that is a great question. Where does he have to play in order to be back as a quarterback in 2024 with a $50 million cap hit? Um, might not be quite that much in 2024, but it, it escalates significantly. Yeah. I don't think okay is going to be good enough. Like, oh, yeah, he's a top 15 guy. Maybe at that point, Nick. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, honestly, the the best departure landing pad we have coming up for the Broncos is that Russell Wilson plays well enough that you trade him this mm-hmm. offseason. Uh, that can, is you can the get somebody to pick up some of that money. Or, yeah, just pick up some of the. I think it becomes easier for that to do it. And it's not going to cost another team a lot. You know, what are you talking about here? A third-round pick? Maybe a fourth-round pick? You're going to yeah, eat the a base, The base salary and roster bonuses are what you have to keep an eye on in that because it'll be more about the dough than than the draft compensation. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. But I think that is maybe not the best-case scenario because best-case scenario, Russell Wilson returns to a top-five quarterback and it's all, you know, sunshine and rainbows and Dove Valley and the Broncos are competing with the Chiefs. But just given the language and the rumors surrounding how Sean Payton feels with Russell Wilson, with what we've seen from Russell Wilson, maybe there's a situation this year where Russell Wilson plays better, but the Broncos are still wanting to move on. You know, they're just not vibing with him in the locker room and they think that they should, you know, cut their losses. Best-case scenario, you know, trade him. And then whatever that looks like for the contract wise, it's probably more salvageable than the releasing of him. And then you get something back at the same time and you can kind of reset. It still looks rough, man. It's still rough, but it's still rough because the base salary in 2024 is only 17, which makes him movable. Is only is it makes him movable. And then he's got an option of 8.4. So you're talking about if you made a trade, the other team would be, would be, um, on the hook for about 25 million. Okay. Well, that's, that's not overly expensive in today's world of quarterbacks. Um, the next year though. So it's almost like if he's okay, you keep him one more year, Nick, you know, let's say if he's, if he's a top 15 guy, the Broncos should be talking possible playoffs. 
Yeah. Um, I I think that the defense should still be good enough. There, you revert back to some of the norms from last year, losing all those those one score games, the injuries that you make the playoffs with Russell Wilson, you go another year, because the next year is when his base salary jumps from seventeen to thirty seven, and the total cash compensation is forty five million, and his cap hit goes from thirty five in twenty twenty four, which still isn't that bad, to fifty five in twenty twenty five. And his dead cap drops from 85 million to 49.6. Well, if I can get somebody to pick up a lot of that money in a trade, at least half of that money in the trade, his dead cap goes from 49 to 32. If yeah. I can get somebody to pick up half of that contract. So it, it to me, it becomes yes, you can eat what would be close to a record dead cap hit, but it would be a record dead cap hit because the the, the Colts picked up a lot of Matt Ryan's salary. Um, and his dead cap wasn't $89 million. And you don't want to spread that across two years and get 240s, Nick. That would be even worse. Um, that, I think, probability speaking, if he is average to above average, he's back in 2024 and you, you make a decision in 2025 when it becomes much, much more financially feasible. Yeah, the thing we talked about on here is that there's a huge chunk of uh, salary that gets guaranteed the fifth league day next season. Uh, mm-hmm. So it would be the 2024 season. He is thir- It's an, uh, guaranteed for injury, but it's a $37 million kick that is guaranteed. Now you take it more on the teeth immediately if you uh, move on from him, but you're also saving long-term $37 million in comparison. His 2025 guarantees and in next year before in, in the spring of 2024. So yeah, this, it, the over the cap grid doesn't really capture it very well, but there's a caveat right. in his contract um, that uh, he gets uh, 60, uh, excuse me, 37 million uh, guaranteed uh, if he makes it to the fifth league day. And he has a, that's completely guaranteed for injury. Um, if that occurs towards the end of the season and also an extra 4 million uh, dead cap hit is uh, added on for 2026. Uh, for injury as well. So there's this because massive his, his base salary in 2025 is 37 million. That's where that money comes in. So that becomes completely guaranteed. Uh, the it, fifth it, league before day. the 2024 season on the fifth league day of the 2024 season. Yes. So it's kind of like picking up your fifth year option. You do that the year before. Yes. Good. So let me read it exactly. The um, 2024 cap scenario for the Broncos. The real decision point for the Broncos will come in 2024. If Wilson is on the fifth, uh, if Wilson is on the roster the fifth day of the league year in 2024, then his 2025 salary will become that's spring complete. of 2024. Yeah, that's that's just like what we went through with with uh, your first round draft picks. Yep. Your um, Jerry Judy was playing on the fourth year of his rookie contract. You pick up his option for his fifth year, so you have two years of control. So what this is saying for dummies like me is next spring, you have to make a two-year decision on, on Russell Wilson. Yep. So if you're in it, what are the in for a penny in for a pound and this the second is- year and the second year of that contract is ugly. Yes. <laughs> it, it escalates wildly. It goes from a cap hit of 35 in 2024 manageable to 55 in 2025 a base salary of 17 to a guaranteed of 37 the roster bonus of 8.4 stays the same yeah so it's 
it's going to be interesting to follow that 37 million is not uh, small. It's that 2025 uh, salary becomes completely guaranteed uh, the fifth league day next season. So what would that be? March 20th, 20th or something like that. Right. When free agency starts essentially right. then. So we'll have an idea of what's going to happen. Uh, Colin and, Wood and- says, I'll, I'll, I'll read it real quick. Uh, and Colin says, I still can't believe he just went bad all of a sudden and nobody could see it coming. Hoping last year was an aberration and partly on Hackett. Yeah, I expect him to come back for sure. For sure. I don't expect him to, you know, if, if we, I like to say, if you plot it on a line graph, you know, good, good, good off a cliff should bounce back. I don't expect it to come all the way back to where it was, but it should be better. The question that we have, Colin, is how much better is it going to take to commit another $80 million to him? you know, which is what, what you're going to have to do and commit yourself for two more years financially. How much better is it going to have to be? We'll see. <laughs> that's that's going to be a hell of a storyline this year because mm-hmm. every time he goes out there and plays, you start thinking, is this the guy I want for two more years? And ask yourself that. And, and do I want to tie 20% of my salary cap to this guy for two more years? Every time he's out there, that's a question that's going to be asked. Yep. So yeah, this after the season, it's a two-year commitment uh, to him. So it'll be interesting to follow and see what happens this year. Can, is he salvageable? And to what extent is he salvageable? I keep coming back that best case scenario, probably most best case realistic scenario is that he plays well enough that somebody would be willing to take on some of the contract mm-hmm. and it would still be, you know, pennies on them. And they're, they aren't going to be on the hook for, I think a lot of this stuff carrying over, uh, but it's complicated uh, without a doubt. We're going to see how it plays out. Lawrence Rivera saying i've so i've mentioned that we needed a tight end fullback we got both and they seem promising honestly russell's career depends on being healthy and being able to play it it depends on him and graziano also hints on this a bit is playing within structure uh can russell wilson you know do the easy things he he made a career in uh seattle would be able to hit you know some home run balls not a lot of people had the efficiency hitting the deep passes as much as him you know they had tyler lockett out there doug baldwin uh DK Metcalf as well. Now can he, you know, work the the quick game? Can he work the middle of the field? Can he keep an offense on schedule as his athleticism begins to wane and he can't be escaping the pocket like he used to to create those plays or the the layups are no longer him escaping and picking up, you know, 10 yards with his feet. He's going to have to do it with his mind and his arm more in the system and I don't have any doubt that Sean Payton's going to set up easy button throws uh, for him on the regular on here, but can Russell Wilson hit them? That remains to be seen. And do I want to pay $50 million for a guy to hit the easy throws that I have to, that I have to baby my offense down and, and pare it down so that he can compete. That's, Oh, I, I think you've mentioned this before and I'm you know starting to agree with it is you off, you may try and offset some of that big money with a rookie contract. You know, you yeah. draft your quarterback and uh, that was in slow motion. Very cool, Nick. Um, yep. <laughs> you go, if, if I've got, if I've got a rookie quarterback, and I average out my quarterback room and I've got my starter as a rookie of $50 million. I just, I don't know that, that 2024, that 2025 guaranteed is such a, that's a big deal. That's like a poison pill in there, man. Yep. It makes it tough uh, without a doubt, but we got a good comment then there from uh, Lawrence. We appreciate you. I see David Cremello coming in here saying the Waltons have no problem eating Russell Wilson's money after the season. If there's another poor overall performance, it just makes it harder to feel the competitive team. Yeah. So, so what? what? <laughs> it, it still hits the salary cap, man. It's yeah. uh, you still hit the dead cap. They like to say the salary cap's a myth. No, it's not. It's it's not a myth when you've got guys on big contracts that aren't playing. That's when it becomes very real. Um, yeah. It's fine when you've got young guys that you keep extending. 
I'll just add another five years on his contract and we'll, we'll, we'll run his average salary down because he's 25 and good. Mm-hmm. When they're 34 and waning in their career and you do that, you just tie more of your future money to a guy that you don't want playing. So, yeah, the, the Waltons have no problem meeting his money. Fine. Arthur Blank did the same thing in Atlanta. Thomas Dimitrov has wasted literally $100 million in money for guys that weren't playing for the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Blank did it. The Waltons can do it. Uh, the Falcons had $85, 90000000 million in dead cap last year. They were they were fielding 60% of a team. So the Waltons don't have anything to do with this on this part, except for, yeah, we can make this move, rip off the Band-Aid and start over, and we're not stuck with a quarterback who's playing subpar that's eating up a quarter of our salary cap. Instead, we'll be able to make a change and have the quarterback playing for somebody else that's eating up a quarter of our salary cap. Yep. It's going to be... Be interesting uh, this season to follow, without a doubt. We do want to say hello to Stash Brand again, coming in over on Twitch. Good to see you, Stash. You're not alone over there on Twitch. Says a lot of people have been saying Russ won't look good outside of Pete's system. I don't think it was out of nowhere. His uh, him fall falling a bit. A lot of people, especially in Seattle, uh, were questioning uh, Russell Wilson's ability, and specifically they were questioning Russell Wilson what he wanted to be as a quarterback and taking control of like you know ownership of what an offense is and letting Russ cook in comparison to what he was set up to do with the Seahawks, which was much, much more ground and pound and then off play action, hit the deep balls over the top. And with the athleticism to, you know, keep the offense going from time to time when those home runs didn't uh, materialize, the athleticism has dropped a bit. Uh, We'll see what he looks like this season. He's definitely dropped some weight, but I think it's pretty fair to say he's not going to be the same quarterback. He was eight years ago um, from the get up and go uh, perspective. And a lot of the moves, again, we talked about all offseason. The Broncos, the moves they made this season was to become a much more run-oriented team. And that is, again, kind of leaning into Pete Carroll was right about the style of player that Wilson needs to be. And maybe Wilson understands that now. And uh, it's much more willing to be that type of quarterback versus I need to build my legacy. I need to pass the ball a lot. I need to have the numbers because I want to win an MVP. It's much more important to win good football games and not look like you did last season than it is to try to chase an MVP. Yeah, and... For sure, because just reading through the comments, says, Jeremy says, I think you can tell by the way Peyton has talked this offseason, but he's going to make Russ sink or swim and won't baby him. Um, I've said it before, Nathaniel Hackett may have been just trying to passive-aggressively let us know what was going on behind the scenes because mm-hmm. everything he said was Russ, Russ, Russ. It wasn't we, we've got to do this, unless it was we've got to make sure that Russ is comfortable. We've got to put Russ in the best situations. Russ is our quarterback. Russ, 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 Russ. Uh-uh. That ain't going to happen. And Sean Payton came in knowing that wasn't going to happen. Listen, if you want me to be here, it's my way or the highway. I'm rich. Mm-hmm. I've got options. I don't have to come. If you want me, it's going to be this way. Um, and he's he's got – and those are the things you negotiate when you come in. Um, I don't know what <laughs> – I can almost see it this way is, Nate, we hired you, Aaron Rodgers. You didn't. So – we're doing it a different way now. Uh, okay. You know, that was, it would have just been real interesting to see how all of that went down where, where Nathaniel Hackett was just cut off at the knees and either let it happen or how it happened so early in his tenure, Nick. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to follow this season. Side jar. Yep, exactly. And talking about um, Russell Wilson and everything, I pulled this up because I was curious. Somebody asked about where, uh, Trey Lance is ranked a lot of this Russell Wilson stuff too. I'm curious to see what his leash is uh, this season, how much rope he is given because you have uh, Chris Sims 
on his quarterback ranking. He's kind of releasing them, I think, five by five. Uh, but his uh, 32nd overall ranked quarterback this season, Jarrett Stidham, uh, coming in 32 overall, saying buzzworthy quarterbacks, this uh, buzzworthy backups. And I knew that Sims, when the Broncos signed Jarrett Stidham, he was went on a long, you know, 10, 15 minute talking point about Stidham as well, talking about the upside, the talent, and a lot of teams really were interested in this guy. And this is one that we talked about with other positions as well. This was picked by this regime. Jarrett Stidham was picked, handpicked by this coaching staff, uh, wanting to come in here. So I would, I wouldn't be shocked at all that if Russell Wilson struggled this season, we might see Jarrett Stidham come in at some point for the Broncos to protect themselves from that 2025 massive guarantee of 37 million uh, base because it's only guaranteed for injury this season. So Cristiano has a question. We need to try and. Um clarify on this one because he asked what happens if Russ is injured come the fifth day of the 2024 season his contract will have already been guaranteed by then so it's the fifth day of the new league year which is March 5th or somewhere or April 5th somewhere along it would be March 5th like they they flip over the new league year that's what I was saying it's in spring it's spring before OTAs before anything even happens in 2024 it's the fifth day of the new league year, which is March. So I've tried to to put it in fifth year option terms. You have to decide on Jerry Judy a couple of weeks ago for the 2024 season. He's already got his contract for 2023, but the fifth year option is for 2024. So you've got Jerry Judy under contract for two more years. That's how this works. It's the fifth day of the league year. If he's hurt Mm -hmm. on the fifth day of the 2024 season, you have already made that decision that you've got him for 2025 and he's guaranteed 37 million plus his options and a $55 million cap hit. Yeah. I mean, we saw it last, we saw it. Yeah. It's crazy. We saw it last year with the uh, Derek Carr situation um, in Las Vegas where he had a contract, Matt Ryan as well. Mm -hmm. They had contracts that were guaranteed uh, for injury. And then their team said, you know what? God bless you. We don't we don't want you to get hurt because we don't want to be on the hook for that money long term. They moved on. It would be totally not totally different, but a, a different level <laughs> to see it happen with the Broncos after what they gave up and paid Wilson to do that just two years later. But it's something. Nick froze up. About. I'm trying be, to think be of pay and service to you guys to not discuss. We might be Trey Lance also. You froze up a little bit, Nick. Yeah. So I was thinking. I'm here. I'm back. Move on on from somebody so quickly with you're giving up. Now it's draft compensation versus financials, but and draft. Trey Lance. Yeah. Trey Lance as well. Oh yeah. That's well, an, financials and draft compensation for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> hey, you know, by the time the Broncos are out of this, uh, out of this uh, struggles with this uh, contract, if it doesn't work out for them, Patrick Mahomes will be what four years older at that point. So uh, that'll be <laughs> four years closer to retirement for him, but uh, it'll be rough. And Colin Wood saying he's only 34. Well, you look at the landscape of the AFC last year for quarterbacks and it was not a lot of quarter. Was it none of the quarterbacks in the playoffs in the AFC were over 30 years old? It was well, something the other crazy. Part I'm thinking of this might be because of the, the way that the position has changed with so many of the pure throwers playing baseball. You know, you're, you're six, five, 95 mile an hour fastballers are playing baseball. They're not throwing anymore where you've got more athletes at the position. 34 is still young in the quarterback world, but how many of those are dual threat guys, Aaron Rodgers? you know, and I don't, I don't know that he's beating you with his legs after 33 years old. He's got a wicked arm and always has been. He, 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 I said, you could, 
you could put him in, in center blocks and mm -hmm. he could still beat you. Could we say that about Russ, you know, through, through his career? So how many dual threat guys are playing into their mid thirties? Not too many. Yeah, just looking at the AFC playoffs last season, the only quarterback that was not on their rookie quarter, rookie contract uh, that was starting was Josh Allen and the bills every single, oh, excuse me. And also Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs, but those are two of the top four quarterbacks in football. After that, you had Joe Burrow, probably another one of the top five, Lamar Jackson, uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I think Trevor some of that's Lawrence. just timing, you know, yeah. just the way the old guard and the new guard coming in because the guys that were in the playoffs last year could be around a while mm -hmm. and they will, you know, in, in, in three years, we could say, Hey, there's only one rookie quarterback, one rookie contract quarterback there, you know, because a lot of those guys are, it's just a changing of the guard. I think it's cyclical as far as the, the, the old versus the new, I think that's more of a coincidence than, I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. I can use my rookie contract to, to have that guy, but they're not going to not sign Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's not going to stop winning football games. Let's we'll see how it plays out with that one, because the I've said on here many times, there's no cheat code, like a good quarterback on a rookie contract. And once those guys get paid and there's other rookie quarterbacks that come in, it can be a little bit different. Uh, last season was a perfect storm of the age talent plus rookie contracts coming in in the AFC specifically. But those guys uh, have to come in. There's no guarantee they will. That's, yeah. that's, that's kind of what I mean. I'm like, Trevor Lawrence is set for a while. Joe Burrow is set for a while. Just there's no, you know, Drake may and Caleb Williams could be those guys, but we haven't seen much out of the last couple of classes to in this class for sure to say that Anthony Richardson's going to bring these guys up or Bryce Young's going to turn them into, into contenders right away. So they have to come in and they've got to beat out the good established players where in the last three years, we've had some good quarterbacks that are either past their sell date or have left the game. Yeah. I agree. I just am curious to see what it, those teams you have to evolve. And when you pay the quarterbacks, their second contract, things change uh, for how you can build those teams. So it'll be fun to watch how all those teams pivot uh, specifically the Bengals and the chargers. Cause they are, they're going to lose their rookie cost control. And also now the Ravens are going to have to pay that huge money. So it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Lawrence Rivera come in and say, I always hated how we got rid of Tebow with Manning and lock with Russell. We screw our future when we could have sat and learned. I don't think that the two quarterbacks that the Broncos got rid of would have gone and done too much still in Denver. I mean, Tim Tebow also would have been in Peyton's shadow for next four seasons. I don't know how much he would have actually learned at that point at the quarterback position left if he was good enough. Yeah. And so, Drew Lockett, Lawrence, remember, not everybody has the same developmental timeline. Mm -hmm. If I draft this guy as a rookie and he's a 69 in Madden, he's going to keep going up. Sometimes yeah. they're just not good enough and you yeah. cut bait. I think that, I mean, we saw it this season. What does the market say? Uh, what does the market say? Jarrett Stidham, same age as Drew Locke and was considered a high, more highly prized asset on the open market and paid more. Uh, so you had a chance to bring back Drew Locke. Every team had a chance at Drew Locke. He went back and signed, what was it, a one-year or two-year contract to be a backup to Geno Smith in Seattle? There's the market for you. Well, the market could be wrong. It's wrong all the time, but I think it's a pretty good indicator of where these guys' value is. And Jarrett Stidham, same age, uh, same level. You paid him and you brought him in. So you have your young-ish quarterback there that could has a chance to uh, develop there. So And apparently, Chris Sims, 32nd overall ranked quarterback uh, going into the season. So. And Taylor Heineke, 33. So there's another yeah. quality backup you can go trade for if if need be. So um, all the rookies behind those guys. And, and that makes sense to a certain extent, you know, um, to do 40 on that. 
So, where are we at here with the Denver Broncos? We've we've hashed Russell Wilson's contract for the next 33 minutes. Last 33 minutes. What are you expecting this season? I'm expecting a quarterback who reverts back to some of the same tendencies where the Broncos build an offense to minimize what he does poorly and maximize what he does well, where it's going to be much more heavy personnel and the entire game plan is trying to force teams into playing single high safety looks. And then when you get them in those type of positions, that's when you can hit them over the top with the home run balls, but it's not going to be a quick pass volume oriented passing game. It's going to be a game of chess where the entire game, you are trying to set up the right situation to, to hit that home run ball. It can't just be home run balls left or right. It has to be trying to set things up long-term and then hitting that kill shot, like a good boxer, you know, chest shot, chest, body blow, body blow. Okay. I've hit him enough. I've softened him. Uh, shot to the chin on that one. So that's uh, that's what I expect this season from Russell Wilson and this offense. I think it's enough to be competent uh, this year on that side of the ball. But I do think that long-term you're going to have question marks because Russell Wilson is going to be missing throws specifically in the quick pass game, specifically in the middle of the field that are going to be, I think, somewhat considered unacceptable um, from Sean Payton, uh, given his demand of perfection in, in his system that he views as you know, the best, obviously. And uh, I think he's going to have some problems with that, but they'll do what they can to maximize Russell Wilson, put him in the best situation possible. But what does Sean think about where they're going with that offense going forward? And if Russell Wilson is the guy to take that to the next level, or if Sean Payton feels like what he is designing is capped because there's some things that he wants to do that Russell Wilson simply can't do. Yeah. And like I said, I think the Broncos the Broncos are going to be better this year. They're going to play better. And you keep asking how much of it is despite Russell Wilson or because of Russell Wilson. And that will answer the question that they've got a big, and they, they may have already answered the question, man. You know, they, mm-hmm. they may have their minds made up that we're going to have to make a decision and move on before the fifth league year of 2024, which is what? 10 months away. <laughs> It's not even, I mean, I don't know about you, but these years are like 2025. Isn't that when we're supposed to have flying cars and teleportation? It sounds crazy to me, but that's like, we have to make this decision in 10 months. Decision might already be made, man. The decision may have been made before Sean Payton was hired. Yeah. Although with considering how much power they've given Sean Payton for the personnel and the team vision, I think that the decision has been transferred over to Sean Payton, not entirely, but, but that's uh, what I mean. It was, yeah. it was part of the negotiation process. Oh, yes. That, that's yes. what I mean. It's like, I'm not coming. If I'm strapped to this guy for the next five years, you guys have to be able to move on from him next year and eat that salary or I'm not coming. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Yes. And uh, Colin Wood asking, I'll have to look for the heat map on this and the efficiency numbers, but uh, was breeze good that throwing over the middle of the field. He, I remember him being very good in the quick pass game, but some of that might've been behind the line of scrimmage too, getting the ball out to, you know, the Darren Sproles and the Alvin Kamara's of the world. I do recall him being pretty good over the middle of the field. Um, good within the pocket and getting rid of the ball quickly because he would throw it before he saw it. And with Russell Wilson, I think a lot of times he has to see it to throw it. And that's an issue for a shorter quarterback. Uh, operating within the confines of the pocket. So uh, I'd have to find the actual data to back that up. That's just purely me going off of my memory on that one. But I do remember Breeze being fairly good uh, working in the middle of the field despite his size. Yeah, I don't remember where he threw it. I just knew he could throw it when he wanted to. Um, while, you know, Played against him t- twice a year in Atlanta and just watched him dice up the Falcons. 
Um, he, I think he was only about 500 against Atlanta in his career, um, but was really, really good. So just pencil it in for like 90% completions and 400 yards. It was, it was crazy. Um, I just know he knows how to get the ball to his playmakers, how he used to do that. And again, the short passing game was an extension of the running game. So when Alvin Kamara is catching 80 passes for four straight years, you, it gives you an idea that I'm going to get some easy completions. You know, can we hit those? So we saw the screen passing game last year was non-existent because your offensive linemen were bullied and immobile. That, that's a mm-hmm. bad combination. So there's there's going to be a lot of change. Again, I expect to see efficiency and competency on the offensive side of the ball right away, which will benefit everybody. Um, and then with with Russell Wilson, you can turn this thing around and go in 11 and 6. You've got all kinds of options with Russell Wilson, including yeah. keeping him. So yeah. uh, Wicked Royalty says, Scott, looks like you could use some extra coffee this morning. Looking kind of tired. I'm worried. Don't be. I'm, I'm just old, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably older than you think. So uh, do what I can here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh Scott, you look fine. I don't know about looking tired, but it's Monday. It's the four-letter effort. I look good for fine. 65, don't I? Yeah, exactly. Jeremy Sean coming in. Jeremy, I think Scott and I are starting to rub off on you a little bit. Uh, don't lose that shine. He says, I honestly think the Broncos fans need to be guarded against the Russ's back narrative that is surely coming. And then Colin Wood says, Russ rides again. I think you can be excited about the Broncos offense being better, but understand that a lot of it is probably reverting back to where Russell Wilson was winning with Seattle and that style of offense. And that that style of play, surely, uh, especially we talked God, we've hit this narrative a lot, but where defenses are at nowadays uh, with we will do everything possible within our power to get rid of the explosive plays on the other end. And that hurts a quarterback like Russell Wilson more than almost any other quarterback in the league, given how dependent he has been on those home run balls. Uh, so that in combination with his age, it can look better. I think you can build an offense that is better for him long term, but just where defenses are at nowadays with where uh, Russell Wilson is probably going at his age with the limitations in that style of offense from a down to down perspective and efficiency. It's, it's probably capped, I guess is where I'm getting at with that. So it, it'll be better this season and Broncos fans will be excited and we'll see Russell Wilson still going to make some incredible home run balls. Cause he has some throws in there that are like, you put together his 10 best throws last season. You're like, Oh my God, this guy still has it. Cause the arm talent is there there. He can hit some of those upper tier stuff, but it's hitting those singles and doubles uh, constantly way too many strikeouts. Uh, the Willie Mopena kind of situation there, but the throwback there for anybody who remembers him. Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's the big concern here with Russell Wilson this season for me. And Roderick said uh, Breeze was also about a foot taller than Wilson. He never threw it over the middle. No, but Breeze was at best six foot. So there may have been an inch and separate five eleven and a half. So they were they were the same. I know this because every uh, upper middle class white kid's dad who had a 5'11 quarterback in the recruiting world used to say, what about Drew Brees? I'm like, yeah, one in a million. Good luck. Good luck. So um, he wasn't, Brees was, was, was not tall. That was, that's why there's so many comparisons about can Sean Payton do with Russell Wilson, what he did with Drew Brees. Maybe, maybe (laughs) wicked. The thing he said, that's amazing. You look much younger than 65. What's your secret? Um, Lie. You, you lie. See, when you lie, always lie older. If I told you I was 35, you'd be like, dude, you look like crap. Um, yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm 50. I turned 50 this year. 
Well, I don't want to say my age because then then it'll be like Nick. <laughs> a lot of time, I think it was Eric's mom said I look like I'm 20 years old. So I guess thanks, Eric's um, mom. I'm, 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 I turned 50 in January, so I'm already halfway through this year. Uh, well, that's it's been a good year, and today's been a good show, and we got Gary coming in to close us out here as a final Monday show for a bit. It says if Russ has a big year, he could overcome the bias against him, but it has to be epic. Go Broncos. Yep, it's not a clean slate this season without a doubt, and he's going to be having to prove a lot of people wrong and i hope that we come back and say wow we were wrong he answered all our questions and uh we look silly looking back uh doubted him last season was an outlier and put more on hackett than uh, anybody else in that offensive staff certainly a possibility and i know that sean payton's gonna bet on himself to maximize what russell wilson has but this will be a fun season and as dan graziano says the can sean payton save russell wilson i don't know if he can save russell wilson but can he salvage russell wilson i think that is certainly a possibility this season and it would, the thing is, the salvage would change the narrative, too. It would be yes. nice to hear some positive things about a genuinely who seems to be good person uh, and Russell Wilson. And as Gary says, yep. if Russ has a big year, he could overcome the bias against him. Uh, but it has to be epic. It just has to be competent. You know, and, and you know, they, they tried to make him the – they didn't try. They made him the face of the franchise, the face of the marketing campaigns. And then he upset a lot of people in Seattle – when he, you know, kind of helped force his way out of there. And there was a lot of schadenfreude going on that people enjoyed seeing him fly, fall flat on his face. Keep your mouth shut, go to work and win some ball games and things will work out. Yeah. And he's been very much a uh, seen or not, not even heard or seen this off season, which is good. You know, that's uh, after last season, all the let's ride and the publicity. Well, that stuff is not cheesy and annoying when you're winning football games and playing great. But when you play like you did last season, it's bad. It kind of reminds me, I think we talked about it on here before, um, the scene in Step Brothers where they're interviewing in the tuxes, and then uh, John C. Riley lets out a 10-second flatulence scene, and then he's like, you wore tuxes, and then you did that, and it tastes like ketchup? Like, get out. This is gross now. It's not cool. Like, wearing the tuxes for it. Russell Wilson came into the interview in a tux, and then he, last season, he ripped a 10-second fart. <laughs> On TV for everybody to see in prime time, you, seven times. You got to see Bull Durham so you can come up with a better with a better analogy because I don't like that one as much. It's kind of gross. This one is the the one from Bull Durham is when you know when you win twenty in the show and you have fungus on your shower shoes, the press will call you colorful. Yep. Until you win twenty in the show, it means you're a slob. Yep. So it's uh, it again, winning, winning takes care of all that stuff. You're quirky. You're colorful when things are going well. Yeah. When they're not, you're corny and not real enough and all these type of things. Who's real for us, though? Michael Rankio. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming in with the stars, my friend. He says, great show today, Nick and Scott, on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. And Peter Middleton. There are subscriptions available on the website, on the Facebook pages. And Peter's been a subscriber for two years. So thank you, sir, for oh, your yeah. contributions. Yeah, good to see Quentin coming in as we're getting out of here. Been busy all Busy's good sometimes. Hope you're doing well overall. Gary also says, uh, I think Sean has already made up his mind. That's why I would say Epic will be fun. And then <laughs> Jeremy comes in and says, nobody's been more excited to have Mondays off than Nick is. Scott, this morning when we first started the show, was like, I cannot wait to, to have Mondays off for a little bit. And uh, I, I feel Wicked, Wicked, Wicked Royalty helped, helped nail it in a little bit. I got some adrenaline going and some caffeine, but I'm Monday mornings after being out in the sun all weekend for like 12 hours at a time, Monday mornings, I feel hungover and I don't drink. I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm unplugged. So yeah. yeah. Y'all have me like going though. So it's a, it's yeah. a, it's great to be here. It's like our own little support club in the daytime. So your, yeah. your group therapy sessions in broad daylight. 
Yeah, and I feel like I do keep announcing it because we have you guys so trained and myself trained uh, for Monday mornings. So it'll be off for a bit, probably until August, September uh, for August. those Mondays. But Once we'll be back. back to camp. Once they back back to camp, we'll do it. I'm going to be gone so much in August. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, I got a lot of backpacking <laughs> trips planned. But um, yeah, I'm going to do the J section of the PCT. Going to go down to Yosemite for a week. It'll be a good time. Uh, but yeah, Gary comes in. I think Sean has already made up his mind, and that's why I say this season will be epic. I, uh, Gary and I do agree with that. I kind of hinted around that a few minutes ago saying he, he may have already made up his mind. So it would take something epic to, to say, we, we got to keep this guy. That's a, that's a good shout, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Good shout. And uh, Scott, I think it's time to wrap up. We're at 45 minutes on a, a Monday in the almost to June. And uh, the content is uh, still running, but it's running a little bit dry. So we're going to wrap it on up here and we'll be back again tomorrow. If you guys have anything we want to talk about, then uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Make sure you guys are following us on there. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook community, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please remember to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, Mile High Huddle. Like the show, like this specific show right now, and share it on your social media platforms. Uh, we will be live again tomorrow morning. Scott, any final thoughts before we wrap it on up and get out of here? No, I uh, like I said, I didn't quite understand the the contract, so I'm glad we are we've we've got that cleared up. Where there's a big decision coming for the the Denver Broncos and financials with the, with with Russell Wilson come March of this coming year. Ten yeah. months, ten months. Big decisions for us is easy. Ethan, he's number one. That's 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 our big decision. The been with us since the beginning. We've been doing this. This is our third year doing Broncos for breakfast, Nick. And uh, yeah. God, time flies. And and Ethan, the DWI guys, has been with us from the beginning. A huge supporter of the show. One of the main reasons we're keep doing this and trying to get better and better. So, Ethan, thank you so much, my friend. Yeah, thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Uh, had a lot of fun. We will be back again tomorrow morning. Uh, but until then, you guys make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. I know it's sometimes rough out there to do that, but you know, everybody's going through their own thing. So just, you know, be kind. That's all. That's all it takes. And uh, go Broncos as always. Have a good one, guys. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.